Welcome back to Save by the Spell. It is mid-February and there is so much buzzing electrical energy in the air. At least that's what I'm feeling. And I'm so excited about today's episode because I asked a special uh, person to be on because a lot of people ask me about shadow work or dream work. And I thought, you know, I am not an expert. I mean, maybe I'm an expert with shadow work because like, I feel like I have like lived in that energy for, you know, predominantly my whole life, but I don't actually teach on it. And I'm, I, am a vet, like very vivid and sometimes prophetic dreamer, but like, again, I don't, I don't do dream interpretation. So my guest today is an expert at both and they are getting their masters in counseling. So let me tell you, today's guest is Naomi Broadner and Naomi is a a dreamer, an artist, Jewish witch, and magical psychotherapist. She teaches classes at Ritual Craft, one of my favorite places to teach out in Denver. If you are in Denver or nearby, please go check them out for your, like, just every desire and wanting, you know, witchy, magical information, classes, readers, um, books, supplies, they have it all. And Naomi is currently working on her master's in counseling at Pacific Graduate Institute. She also offers classes such as Dreaming 101 and Psychology for Witches, as well as one-on-one sessions for intuitive guidance and dream work. Before we have her on, Uh, And I'm going to link her contact info, her Instagram in the show notes. I I just want to give you a quick update on a couple of things. So one, I am moving. I am actually leaving Los Angeles. I have been in Los Angeles since 2006 when I moved here on a plane from New York City with two pieces of luggage and my laptop and no one. I knew two people, but they lived in the South Bay. And I did attempt at one time to leave in 2012 and it lasted about three months and I came right back. And this is a big jump for me to take a leap. I'm not going like out of California yet, but to leave Los Angeles and my deep attachment to how much has happened, including the start of this work for me um, as a professional intuitive reader and teacher. This is like a lot. I've been through, you know, the death of my adopted dad who was killed. I've been through breakups. I've been through homelessness and I'm just, and even got sober you know, and I've had a near-death experience here. I mean, like, a lot has happened. But anyway, 
it's exciting, terrifying, and liberating, and thrilling, and I can't wait to see what's next. So please be patient with me uh, over the next um, couple of months as I make this transition. If you are someone who is interested in my readings, please note that my calendar for booking April is now open. I have to shut down sometimes the calendar because I don't want to book too far ahead. It gets very overwhelming. And also, I just don't know where life is taking me. So please know that I am currently booked out through the end of March. I just opened up my April calendar. So if you would like to get in there, please do. The other thing, you know, sometimes I have people reach out to me, email, DMs, whatever, and they want me to like sell my services to them. And honestly, I, I'm not going to do that. Like I, like when someone asks me, like, should I book with you? My answer usually is if you have to ask me, then probably no. And I'm not saying that to be difficult or pushy or like being like annoyed. It's just like literally use your discernment and do your research, like the way you would research anything that was about your healing and your, you know, the places you feel tender or vulnerable. And if you feel called to book with me, then please do. I really want to work with you and I look forward to taking that journey with you. But I don't have time to convince you to want to do better in your, you know, or have a different experience or, you know, do something for your own healing. Like, I just don't. But I am here for it, if that's what you want to do. My other gripe that I really want to talk about just briefly before I get to Naomi, um, I see this trend of people really like, it's really equivalent to like, being like a psychic junkie. I see people just like reader to reader, bouncing, like bouncing reader to reader, wanting all these different like experiences. And I get like, it's exciting. I love getting readings, but you know, readers are not Pokemon. You, you, you do not got to catch them all. Like that has been my like phrase of the week. And I am like every place I can say it, I'm saying it cause it's funny. <laughs> anyway, I'm so excited about my next guest. I'm going to shut up now and let you listen to our conversation. Okay. Take care. Welcome. 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 Naomi, thank you for being on the show today. I am so excited you're here and really been like, you know, you were the first person that I thought of when, um, I kind of reached out recently and asked, like, what do people want to hear more about? And and I often get DMs or emails from people asking me if I do dream interpretation or, like, my thoughts on shadow work. And, um, you know, and since it's such a, like, a big thing that people love to talk about, like, I would love to know how you define shadow work. Well, thank you, Marcella, so much for having me. Um, you know, eh, my training is a little bit clinical, so that's sort of more where I'm oriented, but it's not sort of, you know, 
completely separate from the spiritual realm. So basically everything casts a shadow or holds some unseen element. It's like, you just think about like the dark side of the moon and our psyches are the same way. Like the top part of them is illuminated in our consciousness. And then the bottom part of them is left in utter darkness or unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, So the concept of the shadow quote (laughs) was sort of coined by psychologist Carl Jung, um, which for anyone out there who doesn't know who that is, He's sort of the father of analytical psychology um, and depth psychology. And just to provide a little bit of useful context, he actually sort of began to integrate like mystical practice into psychology, which some people aren't really aware of that. Mm. Um, And he discussed his observations of his cousin who was a medium for his medical dissertation, which I think is pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, so his degree and his dissertation was called On the Psychology and Pathology of So-Called Occult Phenomenon, um, which I just, yeah, I think that's pretty interesting to see where that sort of wisdom stream is coming from. And, okay, (laughs) so back to the shadow, specifically the shadow. Mm -hmm. There's the personal shadow, and then there's also, like, the collective shadow. Uh And the personal shadow is this aspect of our psyches below the surface of consciousness that sort of gathers all of the pieces of us that we can't touch, that we don't like, that we can't see. Mm. Um, And then they sort of begin to like fester in the dark corners of our psyches Mm. and grow into this like massive amount of unconscious energy and they can actually become a complete independent psychic organism, which is the shadow. Oh, wow. So like sometimes I, you know, the thing I think where I see a lot of misconception about a shadow is people all of a sudden are like, I'm going to embrace my inner badass Lilith, like kind of archetype or energy. And like they, they think suddenly they're going to project a persona that is like a badass to them and you know has this like they have this like i don't know defining thing that they think is related to that and say that's their shadow and i I find that like i don't think that's your shadow at all what do you i mean like that's just i don't know that's just my annoyance with when people talk about shadow work Yeah, so I think that that sort of comes up with, like, the difference between the cultural shadow. Like, there might be qualities that Lilith holds that are rejected on a societal level. So in that way, it could be, like, you know, feminine empowerment and sovereignty could be in the the patriarchy's, like, cultural shadow. Right. But just because you're aware of that aspect of yourself, that would mean that that it is conscious, and that would mean that it is not part of your shadow right because the whole thing with the shadow is like what is not essentially illuminated i love this um aspect where you're saying like it can become its own organism like its own thing now with it being in its own thing do you find that um like the shadow comes to you it through like other people or do you think we seek it out in certain situations 
um, as a means to heal it and deal with it? Or is it something like basically we're just projecting it on other people? Yeah, I think sort of all three of what you said is true. People generally project their shadow on others because they're trying to disown it mm-hmm. themselves. Right. Um, so that can come up in a lot of ways. I think that you can do really intentional work in trying to discover these aspects of yourself and begin to integrate them, but it's super uncomfortable. Right. Um, and it's hard to do because we literally can't see them. So often in a community, like all your friends and family yeah. can see the shadow, but you can't see it. Oh, interesting. I also think it's interesting that people try to like destroy the shadow or like get rid of it. And I'm like, it's you though. Like, I don't understand that. Yeah, so the goal is sort of integration, which doesn't mean like pressing delete on a part of our psyche. We can't really do that. And as we slowly begin to other, untether this mass of energy, you know, we can bring threads up to the surface of consciousness for integration, um, which is extraordinarily helpful for us to just be able to see those those things, you know. And so I think especially you know, with sort of the social and political climate, like a lot of the shadow is erupting in the world. And that's why we see sort of, you know, the past four years and all the stuff that's going on is because people repressed all of these parts of themselves so deeply that they're reflected in the culture in a really, really negative way, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, I guess my question about this, I, you know, going deeper into it is like practicality wise, like what are some ways that you would engage or recommend um, engaging ways with the shadow? Like how would you engage with your shadow? Um, Or at least like, if you were like, I have no experience with this. I have no idea. The first thing about this kind of like, what would, what would you recommend to someone who is interested in exploring and engaging with their shadow in ways that they could integrate it or work with it in a healthy way? Well, first, of course, I'm going to say, like, I recommend seeing a therapist. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, having just a a closed container for that work that that you can really go deep and, and feel safe in exploring some of those deeper aspects of oneself. Um... You know, some shadow aspects are more tolerable than others. Some are really, really cringy. <laughs> so what, what, um, what do you mean by that? Like, can you give me, what are some examples of like tolerable versus cringy? <laughs> well, so I guess like in the, in the example of like projection, right. notice how you feel when you see someone or you interact with someone, or this is what I tell people to sort of begin to touch into the shadow is like even people on social media, like what's your initial reaction without Mm -hmm. even knowing this person? What do you experience of them? You know, like, are they to this, to that? Like thinking in extreme sort of, um, and then begin to like bring that projection back and examine like, am I like that in any way? Mm. Even if it's just a little bit, um, that can be really helpful. Like, what are they doing that bothers me? Like, what is the feeling that's coming up in myself? Am I super activated? Do I feel like I want to jump out of my body when I'm around this person? You know, and there's obviously like super 
you know, deeper levels of toxic relationships and things like that that can bring this stuff up. But if you are in the parking lot at the mall and you see someone just like, ah, I just have this weird reaction to this person and I don't know why, you know, maybe they park their car sort of over the parking lines. It could be anything. Right, right. Okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, like, and also like, you know, so looking at like your you know, your background and what your offerings are, because, you know, I did mention like, you know, you're, you, you offer one-on-one sessions and, you know, you are um, in, you're also like doing your counseling degree and like you're, you're really active, like in your practice and in your offerings. And I wanted to ask you personally, and, and also as like a person who identifies with like the magical world and magical workings, like I wanted to know what is your connection um, or, and, and how do you see the connection between witchcraft and psychology? I guess I want to know, how do you see the connection between witchcraft and psychology? And like, you know, what is your connection between the two? Great question. So I think you sort of touched on some of what I, my own thoughts in your last podcast episode, Mm -hmm. um, which is sort of a good segue. Um, But I have this metaphor that I like to use. I'm a really visual person, so I'm just going to sort of bring it in the room, and and I think you might like it. Um, So basically, the way I see it is that we're in this sort of spaceship. Like, Mm -hmm. this this is our psyche-mind-body relationship, and it's all this sort of spaceship that we live in. And we can sort of learn how we operate. We can learn what programs we're running, what programs we're not running. And we can use the technology of magic to more intentionally shape our reality. But if we don't examine our inner world, we might keep defaulting to the same systems. Right. Mm. Um, So like, if you imagine that you entered the spaceship and you take control of the center council and you're steering the ship and you're not aware of the default programming, still sort of like steer the ship where you want it to go. Right. But if, if your attention or intention lapses, then it just like reverts back to autopilot. Mm. So on top of these underlying patterns, there are other people on the ship <laughs> who you're not aware of. Uh, and they're sort of like tinkering with the lights, the fuel, the electricity, the temperature, and they have their own like talents and gifts and their own like, agenda. Right. So um, about like where the ship's going and what it's doing. Sure. So these figures on board, they might be your ancestors. Mm-hmm. They might be deities that you work with. They might be parts of your personality um, or complexes, like your savior complex or your inferiority complex or your shadow complex. Like they could be all of these different figures mm-hmm. on the ship with you. And, you know, they might not even, some of them might not even be yours. They might be inherited from your parents, transgenerational figures, past life or archetypal figures, anyways. So psychology is a tool to better understand the inner workings of our own psyches and bodies, our spaceship. Yeah. Um, And so we can sort of get to know like who's on board and where they came from and what they want and and begin to like explicate these more, these deeper layers so that we can be more effective practitioners and show up more consciously in our lives. Mm. 
Um, so that's just one piece, but yeah, no, that's it. It's, it's, I love that visualization too, of like this ship, you know, and like all of these, um, different pilots, uh, you know, whether they're conscious pilots or not, um, that are making these fine tuning adjustments and some of them could be supportive of one another. And then others could be in complete opposition. Um, you know, I, Yeah, I mean, a little bit off, not off topic, but, um, you know, just something that kind of comes up as we're, we're talking is, because my personal feelings on, I I think therapy and witchcraft are, you know, are are so potent and powerful, and especially when, you know, brought together. Um, But, you know, also, from the standpoint of someone who I'm, finding a therapist that, you know, like felt like one, it was like a combo of all the things I needed. You know, it was like, like the person I felt safe. I felt like that we, there was like a understanding of my peculiar and particular situations, but then also affordability. Um, one thing I want to plug while I'm just discussing on that matter is like, not I, therapy. Some people, I used to really just toss it out the window because I'd be like, I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even going through my insurance for a while, it was still like really high. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I can't go once a month, like for what I'm working on. Um, but I want to say that th- there are different options out there. If that's something that you're seeking. And um, like, you know, for one, I, 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 the open path collective is how I found my therapist um, and they do like, it's like really affordable, you know, um, therapy and there's a lot of people in the directory, but, um, do you have any resources that you can, that kind of come to mind that if say someone is like, Hey, like I'm not in the position right mm-hmm. now, or like suggestions on how they can find, particularly, this is the other thing I always get being like a witchy person that was the hardest thing I'm like I'm a medium if I go to a therapist they're gonna like say I'm insane and finding someone that like was on a similar path as me or at least understood where it's coming from and didn't like poo-poo it you know so do you have any um recommendations on like maybe what keywords people should be searching for when looking for someone yeah absolutely um you know, I specifically study Jungian depth psychology, which you know, originates from Carl Jung, who did study the occult very, very deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, and although, you know, I will say, like, he's a European white dude, um, mm-hmm. he was able to bring that stuff into the field of counseling in a way that's, like, legitimate in the Western world. Um, mm-hmm. So if you search, even if just going on psychology today, and searching for a Jungian therapist or a depth therapist or even a we- an east-west sort of sure. inter- integral um, therapist. You know, there are some, like the Loveland Foundation, they donate therapy for black women and girls um, oh. and, and donate money to them, and then they can provide free services. I'm trying to put together of like a comprehensive list of sort of witchy or non-traditional um, therapist so that I can refer people out. The money, I think, is really, really challenging, even with insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal is when I get licensed to be able to accept Medicare. Okay. 
so that I can bring this sort of work into like lower socioeconomic places, basically, because it's sort of bullshit that you have to have money to, to get this support. Sure. Well, I love this um, comprehensive list that you're working on. Please let me know when you have that available. I'd love to share that far and wide. And um, uh, I wanted to ask you one more thing before we go today. And that was, um, how do you personally balance witchcraft and therapy in your own life, in your own experience? Well, for me, they're both a slow burn, like there's no quick fixes and they sort of impact each other. So for me and my Jew witchiness, it's more an integral practice than a transcendent practice. Like I'm a human having a human experience and I'm, I'm good with that. I don't really experience my inner and outer worlds as so separate. And the type of psychology that I study is sort of already in alignment with my um, my craft and my ideas about the spiritual world. So for me, they're very complementary. Um, in many ways, the witch and the therapist are very similar. Many people seek out witches, like when they're at their wit's end or they're standing in the crossroads. This is a similar archetypal energy that's present in therapeutic work. Mm-hmm. In the depth psychological tradition, like Ekati or Hecate or Hecate, however you prefer to pronounce her, the mother of witches, um, is seen actually as the feminine archetypal expression of the psychotherapist. Oh, wow. Okay. There's a really, really deep connection there. You know, and in my personal life, therapy provides a safe container for me to address really challenging parts of myself, like with another human that's a psychic mirror. Um, And witchcraft provides me with personal rituals and practices that can help me further integrate those parts of myself in a more personal way and evolve to use my self-understanding and magic in alignment with collective values and my community. Um, Yeah, I just want to say that, like, context is really important. Yeah. Therapy, especially the practice of depth psychology, is fairly new in its current incarnation on the human time continuum. (laughs) And so... Most ancient indigenous and shamanic traditions have had guides and healers who held a similar role for their communities, and some still do, but I think that a huge part of the modern Western, white Western culture has that sort of piece missing, Um, and so I think that the therapist can can hold that role to some extent for for some people. I love that image of like, you know, Hecate, like, and that crossroads, you know. Um, just, and that being that counsel, you know, in, in, in like the work that we do, um, as healers, as magicians, as seers and, um, you know, and counselors, um, I want to thank you so much for your time today and sharing your, your wisdom with us. Um, how can people find you? Um, you can find me on, on, at my website, which is just naomibrodner.com, or on Instagram, Psyche's Dream Witch. Um, I will leave in the show notes for uh, for you all. I will leave um, Naomi's contact information there, and you can check out um, her Instagram and uh, beautiful. I I was also like your artwork. Like you make all this really really cool artwork and like. Um, you should check it out. 
Thank you again, Naomi, for being on the show today. You can, again, find links to Naomi's website and uh, to her Instagram handle in the show notes, as well as links to the Open Path Collective and the Loveland Foundation that we mentioned. Uh, The Open Path Collective is a partnership with licensed mental health clinicians in private practice throughout the 50 states. Open Path Psychotherapy Collective provides middle and lower income level individuals, couples, families, and children with access to affordable psychotherapy and mental health education services. The Loveland Foundation is a beautiful organization. Their mission says with the barriers affecting access to treatment by members of diverse ethnic and racial groups, the Loveland Therapy Fund provides financial assistance to black women and girls seeking therapy nationally. Again, those links will be in the show notes. And I want to thank you all again for being here, for listening, for showing up and doing the damn thing, right? We got this. Blessed be. Thank you.